Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, you know what? I get a lot of... I get a lot of questions from folks. They know what I do. They know we've been investing in uh, rental real estate for a number of years. Uh, and these folks, well, they're wanting to get in as well. And they ask a lot of questions. I hear a lot of questions um, throughout the weeks, months, and so on. And, you know, sometimes they're very specific questions. You know, they've heard something here or there about this or that. You know, what kind of rate are you getting on hard money, for example? Maybe they don't quite know what hard money is, but they know it's out there, that we use it as a tool. Or, or what are you getting on your 30-year notes, right? That, that sort of question. Maybe they're vendor questions, like who do you use for foundation repair or lending, insurance, inspections, that sort of thing. Very often they're uh, what I'll call fear-probing questions around things like, well, have you ever had to do an eviction? How was it? Have any tenants just beat the heck out of your property? Or what do you do if you can't lease that property, right? These are all driven by fear. Uh, we, we can work through those. That's, that's not an issue. Or maybe they're tactical questions like the best city to invest in or, or best state or best area, that, that sort of thing. But I'll tell you, hands down, the most common, the most common set of questions are simply, how do I get started? Where do I start? And what should I buy? What should I invest in? And, and that's what I want to take up with you today, those, those very basic, uh, very common questions. And, and with a particular focus on, uh, on the last question in particular, right? What should I buy, right? So thinking about Lifestyles Unlimited, you know, financial freedom is, is our overarching goal, right? Uh, buying back our time, being able to retire early. And residential real estate is the, the vehicle of choice. That, that, that's what gets us there right? It's not storage units. It's not mobile homes or RV parks. It's not Airbnb or VRBO, vacant land, not retail, not commercial, none of that. Just plain old vanilla, single family and multifamily residential real estate. Plain old vanilla, bread and butter, very simple products, right? But of those two, single family or multifamily, that's where the question comes, which one is right for you, right? That's really at the heart of that, that last question, what should I buy? Should I invest in single family or should I invest in multifamily, right? So today, that's what I want to take a look at with you. I want to take a look at the two of those together, right? Juxtaposed, what is similar, what is different uh, between single family and uh, multifamily? And, you know, there are some key differences in a few places that, that you will want to understand. That may, drive, <clears throat> that may drive your decision, right? So we're going to talk about things like valuation, right? How are the, how are the different property types valued? Right, financing. What kind of financing can you get uh, to to get into to buy those those properties? Property management. Right, just just to name a few. I've got a number of topics. We'll hit as many as we can uh, today. And and let me tell you, if you've got question on today's show, on today's topics, you can call us here. It's eight five five four nine seven four three three five. Again, that's eight five five four nine seven four three three five. Or send me an email to askandy at luinc dot com. Again, askandy at luinc dot com but we're going to start we're going to start with a few definitions just to you know clear clear up uh, a couple of muddy points sometimes what what is single family i think that's pretty self-evident that's a house right that's that's a, a self you know a freestanding home 
<clears throat> not not a condo, not a townhouse, obviously not apartments, but a but a, a freestanding um, house home. Multifamily, by comparison, is five units or greater, right? It's it's viewed as commercial. So we've got single family with one unit. We've got multifamily with five. What's in between there? Where do those duplexes, those uh, triplexes, and those quads fall? Well, you know, many many people will call those multifamily. Well, you've got multiple families living in them. I understand that, <laughs> but but they really aren't. Um, they're really treated more um, like single family. For example, they will qualify for what I'll call conventional financing, the the Fannie Mae or uh, Freddie Mae, or excuse me, Freddie Mac backed uh, backed loans. Right, you're not going to get a commercial loan typically, right, on on a duplex. You're just going to go and plop down your twenty percent, however you're buying, and get into that thing, right? Get 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 traditional financing. Also, they are valued like single family. They're not valued based on cash flow, and we'll we'll talk about that when we get to valuation. And I'll tell you also in Texas, if you're listening in Texas, um, we have the Texas Real Estate Commission, which governs um, activities around real estate, realtors, what they do, inspectors, appraisers, and so on, uh, commonly called TREC. And TREC has a number of promulgated legal forms that realtors are obliged to use. And one of those is the sales contract. And guess what it's called? It's called the one to four family residential contract, one to four family residential contract, meaning single family duplex, triplex, quads, all fall uh, within <clears throat> within that sphere. Now, something you'll want to think about with, and we'll get to this later as well, uh, duplexes, triplexes, and quads is, is the disposition of those assets when you are done uh, with your investment there, when you're done owning those. It's a little bit different, um, a little more limited, I would say, than a, a true single-family house, right, in, in many cases. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And just as a sidebar on duplexes and half duplexes in particular uh, you, you may not know this um, but 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 they are titled separately they can be uh, so you may have individual owners in each half of a duplex it's not uncommon there are parts of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex where I sit where I've gone and looked at duplexes um, that have just families living in them they are not investment properties people own each half simply put and I will sometimes see deals come across my desk from wholesalers that are trying to sell half of a duplex i would tell you to stay away why well if you buy that half of a duplex you don't know what the heck is going on on the other half of that slab foundation with the other half of that roof on the other side of that wall that you share with some other owner so you don't really have control if you're going to take down a duplex take down both sides simply put same for a triplex same for a quad right uh, another definition i want to mention as well because i'll probably use this throughout is in in multifamily Somebody that puts together a deal commonly is called a, a syndicator. Uh, within Lifestyles Unlimited, we, we call those lead investors. It's a, a term that we use at Lifestyles. You may not hear that outside of Lifestyles, but we call them leads because they lead the project. They lead the deal, right? It's just another term for a syndicator. A passive investor is that investor that is putting money into a deal with that lead investor, right? So you can invest in single family. You can invest in multifamily as a lead investor. You're running that show. You are the business owner in this case. Or you can invest as a passive and put your money into that deal, back that lead, get into that asset, and really be totally hands-off. Okay. When we come back, I want to get into wealth and cash flow as a driver for your decision. Stay tuned. We're back. 
back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb. And on today's show, we're taking a look at single family houses versus multifamily, uh, which is the right investment for you, right? And I want you to understand a little bit about both some key uh, differences uh, in financing, for example, in, in valuation, and really a lot of all of it's going to come down to your goals, as well as your starting point. Where are you uh, on your timeline? How much capital are you working with? That sort of thing. Uh, where are you located? Right. If you're out on the coast, you may want to focus on, uh, say, multifamily deals here in Texas or even single family. We have investors in Virginia, for example, that are snapping up uh, houses here in the Metroplex. Um, you can you can do both. You can do both. But a, a big question you're going to have to ask yourself really is what what is your goal? Right. What is your end game? And, and I can think back, you know, eight or so years ago, a little more than that. Uh, when we joined Lifestyles, we, we did that. My wife and I, we sat down uh, with our mentor. And our goal at the time was to replace our income so that we could leave our, our jobs, right? My wife in particular, she worked a job that she hated, made good money, but hated it. It was a soul-sucking place. And fortunately, you know, we got great advice. Our, our mentor said, look, you're, you're trying to build cash flow. You're trying to build cash flow quickly. Go the single family route, build up a portfolio of houses and get that, get that income, that passive income from those houses coming in the door. And that's exactly what we did. And within about three years, she, I got the call from her one, one day in, in October or November. And she's like, you know what? I'm ready. I got to get out of here. And I said, do it. We have the, we have the cash coming in from our houses, get out of there. And she was done. You can do the same. You can do the same, but you do have to ask yourself, what are your ultimate goals? Is it, is it, is it building wealth? Is it, is it, is it growing your net worth? Is it creating some wealth for your heirs? Is, is, or is it building cash flow? And you're going to inherently do a little bit of both, no matter which investment vehicle you choose, be it single family or uh, multifamily. But but some, you know, generally speaking, single family is going to create more immediate cash flow. You're going to build that cash flow faster. Whereas multifamily, generally, you're going to build wealth faster. You're going to create cash flow as well. We have different types of uh, deals that we get into in single uh, in multifamily, and if there's time, I'll get into those. But um, that may be a time for, uh, a topic for another show. Uh, but some drive more cash, some drive more wealth. They they do both though inherently. Um, so what are your goals? What is it that you want to do? What is what is this investment vehicle intended to do for you? Right, you've got to ask yourself that question. Uh, now I mentioned in our definitions, duplexes, triplexes, quads. Typically, they mirror or are, are viewed as, as single-family houses. That's how the TREC, the Texas Real Estate Commission contract, uh, treats those. And, and they are. They are cash cows. They, they do behave like houses in, in, in that sense. They, they, they do not appreciate quite the same way as homes, as houses will, um, but they, they do throw off uh, a lot of cash, which is why a lot of investors like duplexes, like triplexes, like uh, quads. <clears throat> And thinking about the, the wealth building aspect in particular um, of, of multifamily, let's talk about how the two are valued. How is a single family house valued? How do we determine the value compared to a multifamily apartment community? How do we determine the value? So if we want to sell this tomorrow, how do we determine the value of that, that community? Now with houses, with houses, you're a little less in control. Right, because your value, the value of your home is determined by the other homes that are selling around you. 
So if your neighbors are sitting there panicky right now in, in, in the middle of a pandemic and dropping their prices and dropping their prices and eventually selling below market, that's going to impact your value. Now, we don't see people doing that. There's actually a shortage of, of good middle-class homes right now. Values are actually going the other direction. Not precipitously, but but uh, we are seeing that they are holding for now. Um, so so houses are simply put, they're, they're based on sold comps. So if, if you're going into a project, you're buying a house that needs some work, what do you do? You look at, you get you get access to the sold comps in your neighborhood, in your subdivision, and you look at how those sold comps that you're targeting were finished out, right? You may have two different levels. You may have those that are selling, let's say at 200,000 and those that are selling at 170. The ones at 200,000 probably have their deck to the nines. They've got the granite countertops. They've got the new wood flooring. They've got that gray tone paint, brush nickel fixtures. Whereas the other ones still have that outdated, maybe it's built in the eighties, got that Formica countertop, right? It's got that older kind of worn carpet where you would want to have harder floors nowadays, right? Paints a little bit older, two-tone, multi-tone, <laughs> every room a different color, right? Um, so you've got to pick that sold comp that you're targeting, those sold comps, and, and that's going to get you to your value. Right. And that's going to apply again for duplexes, triplexes and quads. They are not valued based on their cash flow. They are value, valued based on sold comps as well, which makes valuing those sometimes difficult. You don't see as many sales in duplexes, triplexes and quads, which is why I mentioned disposition can be a little bit trickier um, with those uh, with those units. You don't have as big a pool of buyers. Now, multifamily, by contrast, how is that valued? It's valued as any other business because it is a business. It's valued based on the cash flow, based on the, the net operating income in particular. I shouldn't say cash flow because if you don't have debt on the property versus the person that does, your cash flow, right, at the end of the day is going to be a little bit different due to that debt service. But the net operating income drives that value. And let me just give you a quick example. Let's say you pick up an apartment complex, let's say 50 units, and the net operating income is $100,000 per year. Right. Right now we're seeing cap rates, which is the roughly the, 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 the rate at which I want to see a return here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, about 6%. Okay. Um, so if the cap rate, which is what I use to figure the value, right, I take the NOI, that 100,000, I divide it by that 6%. That tells me the value is $1.67 million right now, right at time of purchase. So maybe that's what I pay. Okay. Now I go in there and I improve the property in some way. Right? There are 28 ways that we talk about at Lifestyles Unlimited, 28 ways to increase that net operating income. In some cases, you're improving the revenue, increasing rents, simply put. A lot of mom and pop operators in particular are afraid to take up their rents. They just kind of let the assets sit out there. Deferred maintenance as well. Don't ever touch the rents. Well, you have an opportunity to go in and take those up. Low-hanging fruit right there. But there are other things. You know, add, add a laundry unit. Improve those expenses, rub or, or charge back the, the shared utilities, the, the gas, the water, the electric, the trash, the pest control to, to your residents and drive up that revenue, reduce those expenses. And let's say we do that. Let's say we just do a, a modest increase from 100,000 NOI net operating income to 110, right? That's a change of just $10,000 per year. If we're talking 50 units, that's about $200 increase per unit per year about $17 per month. I think that sounds pretty doable, just, to, just taking up those rents. How does that impact the value? Well, now my NOI is 110,000, divide that by your cap rate, 
you've gone from 1.67 million to 1.83. That's an increase of $167,000. Very easily done. So when I talk about multifamily being really a tool to, to build wealth, this is really where you see it happen. Because you've got a lot of 28 levers we just talked about that you can pull to increase revenue, to decrease expenses, and really push up that value. And of course, you're increasing your cash flow as well, which is great. So you see there, houses are valued based on the sold comps in the neighborhood. Multifamily is valued based on the cash flow. Two totally different methods of valuation, okay? So keep that in mind as you think about, well, do I wanna buy single family or multifamily, right? Stick around, we're gonna get into financing when we continue, you are listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and on today's show, we are talking about single family versus multifamily, right? Investing in houses versus investing in apartment communities. And just to re repeat, duplexes, triplexes, and quads, although you may think of those as multifamily, they really do fall under that uh, single family category due to how they're valued, due to the financing, right? The, the Texas Real Estate Commission treats them that way on their legal forms, in fact. And, and I do want to come back to the, to the topic of cash flow and, and wealth. Um, you know, the, the, we often talk about things in terms of doors, and, and if you want to think in those terms, that's fine. Typically, when we think about cash flow, your cash flow per door on a single family home is going to be much, much higher than your cash flow per door on a multifamily, on an apartment. So why do people buy apartments? Well, we'll, we'll talk to that. We'll, we'll get to that point here uh, a little bit later. Now, one of the things I want to hit before we get into financing, financing, there's a lot of ground to cover there. Uh, but one of the things I want to hit is the tax benefits. Houses, apartments, are they different? Not really, right? We share the same uh, tax benefits. We can do a 1031 from a house into another house into an apartment, right? It all needs to all be under the same tax ID, right? That's that's a big big qualifier. If you have questions there, reach out and find uh, a vendor that, that handles that process. You do have to use uh, an agent for, for that 1031 exchange. And we do have those uh, uh, that, that member for your team available on our vendor hub. If you go to lifestylesunlimited.com, if you are a member, you can log in, go out to the vendor hub and uh, uh, find uh, some of our local uh, 1031 uh, exchange experts that can help you with that process. By the way, speaking of, of team, um, I do have a guest lined up for next week's show. We're gonna talk about uh, due diligence. When you go into a new project, a new investment, how Houses in particular, you're going to want to get an inspection. And we're going to bring a home inspector on to talk about that process. What are they doing? What are they not doing? Uh, some things you can look for in advance, right, as you walk that property and so on. So be sure to tune in next week. Uh, I'll have one of our vendors, one of our home inspectors on to, to talk about that due diligence process. Um, now, now, let's talk about financing, or excuse me, the tax benefits. Back to that. You know, they're shared. We mentioned the 1031 exchange, but in terms of depreciation, that's the big tax uh, benefit as well. That allows you to take a paper expense to offset that cash flow that we talked about. You can do that both with single family and multifamily. In fact, they're both depreciated over the same period of time, 27 and a half years. Now that's the, the structure. The land is never depreciated. So if you buy, you know, if you buy a single family house, you can go to the tax rolls and see that the land value is 25. 
the rest of the structure is 150, that's the, the 150 is what you're going to depreciate essentially. And the same applies for multifamily. There's one place where there is a distinction, I would say, and that's the fact that we can do something called cost segregation. Now you could do this in theory with single family as well as multifamily, but it's probably cost prohibitive to do on a single house. Cost segregation, what happens? You, you hire somebody right? A cost engineer, let's call them. They're going to go in and they're going to look at all components of your asset and break those apart into their constituent pieces. Not everything depreciates over 27 and a half years. That carpet that you're going to re, you know, that you're going to put in as you renovate that house or that apartment, it's only, it's got a lifespan of five years. So you can depreciate that on a much faster scale. They're going to look at everything, fences, roofs, Right, that, that water heater, everything that you put into that project, into that house, or into that apartment rather, and they're going to give it a, a faster schedule. They're going to segregate those costs so that you can depreciate them faster and take much larger chunks of depreciation early in the project. You're going to make a loss on paper. Now, you're going to be cash flow and you're going to be doing great with that asset, but in the eyes of the IRS, you're going to be able to uh, take those losses and offset your earned income if you're a passive investor, for example or if you're a lead investor. And, and that's one of the huge tax advantages. And we're really able to leverage that with multifamily due to cost segregation. Again, you could, I guess you could do that with your single family, but hiring a company to take care of that for you on a single house is going to be, um, you know, cost prohibitive. So shifting gears now, let's talk about financing because it is, again, going to be different for single family for houses than for apartments. And this goes back to what we talked about in the earlier segment, the valuation, right? Apartments are valued based on cash flow. Right, it's a business. It's, it's it's commercial in that sense. With single family, you know, and and here we're talking one, two, three, and four units are all treated as single family. We're, we we can just go in and get a regular conventional loan. Or if you're following the lifestyles model, we buy typically assets that need some work. We'll need to take care of that first. We're going to buy with hard money, get it fixed up, and then refinance out on the back end into a thirty year fixed rate conventional mortgage. Now you do need good credit to do this, right? To follow this, you do need some cash in the bank as re reserves. And, and you really wanna target those Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac backed loans because that's gonna give you the cheapest money. That's gonna give you the cheapest money by far. Now, keep in mind as well, you can do up to 10 of those backed mortgages. Again, cheap financing, max those out. If, if you're married and you can both do it on your own, do it separately, you can get up to 20. Think about that, doing 20 quadplexes with this very inexpensive Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac money. Well, you could really take that a long way. 30-year term, don't do 15, right? It's going to be a 30-year term, and it's going to be amortized over 30 years, which means that your payments are lower, right? You're paying down that loan over 30 years. It, it means great cash flow, right? There will be some level of down payment involved. You know, if you're going straight conventional because assets ready to go, right, that might be 15%, 20, 25, depends on how many mortgages you already have. Or if you're going into hard money first, you may be below, you should be below normal down payment monies, right? You can get into very, very little. Some people get into no, you know, no money out, you know, out of pocket. It's, it's rare these days, but, but it does happen. Um, but we're typically getting into, you know, very valuable assets for, for very little money into the deal. Could be 10, could be as much as 40K. It depends. Depends on your market. And once you're above that Fannie Mae limit, right, you're going to start getting into portfolio loans, right, which is essentially a commercial loan, something with a local or, or maybe a regional bank. And, and again, these are going to adhere to more commercial terms, say maybe a five-year term to the loan with a 20 or maybe a 25-year 
amortization, meaning they're spreading the, the value, the payment of that loan across that 20 or 25 years. It means it's a little bit more accelerated than that 30 year, which means your cash flow will be right a little, a little lower. So what about multifamily? How does that differ? Well, I'll tell you what, by the way, as a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, I, I got to attend a great event on Friday. They had a multifamily road trip. Uh, there were actually two. There was one out of Houston earlier in the day. I missed that one. But in the afternoon, I went to what's called a multifamily acquisition road trip. We got to view some properties that are for sale, essentially. And prior to the uh, uh, the, the session with the realtors that presented the, the apartments, um, one of the multifamily lenders that is on our vendor hub, they presented at the opening. Uh, and, 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 and interestingly, they said, although we're not really seeing a discount right now in property values, we had expected values to drop due to the pandemic. We're not really seeing that. But what we are seeing is a big discount in rates. In fact, we're seeing fixed rates as low as 3%. That's what I'm looking for on my single family houses, but people are getting that on multifamily apartment complexes. That means higher cash flow. We talked about that wealth building through just small changes in net operating income that can have a huge impact on your wealth, on your, you know, your balance sheet. But here as well, we're seeing these low rates, which means higher cash flow. Great deal. Now this is an asset backed loan. So your credit is not so important. If you're getting into single family houses, you need to have good credit to get into that 30 year uh, fixed rate mortgage. Here, it's less important. And if you're a passive investor, it's not important at all. Right now for leads, the passives may wanna see your credit report. They might wanna know that you are a good steward of your money so they know that you will be a good steward of theirs. But if you're a passive investor, it's irrelevant. So if you have credit problems, this may be the route for you. Right, get into, get into uh, multifamily investing as your asset class. Now I'll tell you, as far as leads being good stewards of your money, I talked earlier in the show of definitions, right? We have syndicators out there in the world that put together deals and within lifestyles, we call those leads. And they go through a tremendous amount of education, very focused education before they can bring a deal to the market. That makes them, aside from being very sophisticated, very savvy, we know that they're gonna be good stewards of your money as a result. It's very, very important. We have a lot of documentation, a lot of best practices that we expect them to follow. And um, all, all told, the passives, it puts them in a good position. Like I said, if you want to see net worth, right, a multifamily is the way to go. When we come back, I want to talk about property management, a few differences with uh, single family and multifamily. Stay tuned. Listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. We will teach you how to create wealth and passive income so you can be financially free. And now, back to your host. With 
single family, we're, we're targeting a 30-year term, right? We want to maximize that cash flow. That, that is typically why you're getting into single family is for the cash flow. Now, there are five ways that we make money in, in real estate, and you will enjoy all of those advantages. And some of that will be that equity capture because you're buying right and getting a good deal, typically a fixer upper, and that's going to create that, that wealth. Nothing like it will do in multifamily, I'll tell you that. Um, but we're buying for the cash flow, so we are shooting for that that 30-year uh, fixed rate note. Uh, we may or may not have a down payment depending on if you're buying with hard money or not. Compare that to apartments. Well, there you're typically going to see a down payment of 20 to 30 percent. A lot's going to come down to your experience. A lot's going to come down to the type of lender. You may be using a bank. You may be using some other uh, agency financing like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, right? Uh, I've mentioned them throughout the show. Uh, they lend to both single family and to, well, they don't lend to a single family. Banks do that. They, they then insure the notes through Fannie and Freddie. Um, but they do lend for, for multifamily. Um, and the terms in those cases, like I said, down payment, usually 20 to 30%. If it's a bank loan, you may see a three or, or a five-year term, right? Meaning that note is due, a balloon at the end of three or five years. And it's going to be amortized uh, typically over a shorter timeline, maybe 20 to, to 25 years. Again, a little less cash flow. You've got a little bit of refinance risk there um, at the end of that three or five-year term. Uh, with Fannie and, and Freddie Mac, if you're able to get into those with your apartment deal, and that's going to be driven by the size of the deal typically um, and, and how vacant or not it is, uh, you, you may see a 5- to 10-year term, maybe 12-year um, with, with uh, uh, Fannie, uh, and as, as much as a 30-year amortization period. Again, spreading that, that debt payment over 30 years as far as how they calculate it, it just means better better cash flow. Now you're going to have to consider what do you do at the end of five years if you have a five-year term or seven or, or 10 or 12, right? That, that needs to be at the back of your head throughout. What is your exit strategy, right? Um, how are you going to dispose of, of that asset? What will you do? Will you refinance or will you sell, sell the thing? Um, so considerations around financing that may drive your choices as, as a lead, right? Somebody that's going to be running the show, whether it's single family or, or multi. Now let's talk about property management, occupancy and vacancy in particular. Uh, as far as occupancy, single family, they, they do tend to stay occupied longer, right? People are a little bit more invested in being in that home. They view it as a home. And I'll tell you, it's more difficult to move when they have filled up a house. You know, we do regular walkthroughs at our properties, and anytime I go into the garages, I would say nine times out of ten, there are no cars parking in those garages because they are filled with stuff. Three-bedroom house, two bath, maybe four beds, two-car garage, all the rooms are filled. It's, it's hard to move. People, people tend to stick around. Plus, we give them the best product at the best price, and that keeps people in place, of course. Now, when people think of single-family houses, they think of vacancy. What happens when that house goes vacant? One unit goes vacant, you're at 100% vacancy. That's true when you start out, but, but I view it as a portfolio. As you start to add houses to your portfolio, you're no longer at one door. They may be spread out, but if one house out of 20 goes vacant, you still have 19 occupied and paying. So I, I don't really buy into that, that vacancy argument. Now with an apartment complex, 50 units, 100, 200, one unit goes vacant, no problem, right? Clearly you've got everyone else uh, occupied. Uh, vacancy, you know, is probably going to be typically around 90% or so, maybe higher uh, to get into those Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans in the first place. So you're, you're starting out, you know, in, in the right spot and then you're improving that. But it's, it's less of an issue in that sense. Now, in terms of occupancy, I think there's a little bit more turn in apartments than in, like we said, in houses. Um, security deposit, you're going to be collecting a bigger chunk on houses. 
right? If my rent is 1600, I'm going to set it a little bit north of that. I don't want it to be the same as rent. I get a lot of out of towners that come to view properties and they're like, well, why, why, why isn't the security deposit the same as the rent? Because it's not last month's rent. I want to differentiate there. So you're clear in Texas, it is a different thing. It is not rent, right? And, and typically it is a significant chunk for a single family house compared to apartments. You might be in hundreds of dollars. You're probably not getting above a thousand depends on the, the class of the apartment. I imagine the eviction process, it's the same. Right? There's no difference. You, you give the notice, you go to the clerk, you know, you, you do your filing. Eventually you get a, a date in front of the judge, which in Texas is a very fast process typically. Now, here's an important note. July 25th, uh, yesterday, in fact, we were now allowed to resume evictions, right? That was, there was a moratorium put into place as part of the CARES Act. If you had a, a, a government-backed or sponsored uh, loan on single-family or multifamily, or if you were participating in any of, any of the voucher type programs or any of the rent sponsorship uh, from the government, you know, USDA type programs, that has now resumed for multifamily, but they have extended that uh, moratorium for single family uh, if you are backed, if you have one of those backed loans until August 31st. So there is a little bit of differentiation there as far as evictions go. So keep that in mind, that will expire at some point, uh, single family landlords, so you know, don't, don't panic. Um, just, just get ready. If you don't have backed loans, well, you look at what your local jurisdiction tells you. Some cities, some counties have enacted their own moratorium, so you need to be in tune with that. And the last part of property management that I want to mention is what I'll call tenant conflict. And obviously, if you got a single family house, you have a single resident in there, enough said, there, there is no conflict that you have to manage through. Now, here's where duplexes, triplexes, and quads, although in other ways they are treated as single family here's where you really do get into that multi-family sphere because guess what now you have people sharing a common wall right under one roof you can have conflict there and and typically if you're if you own a duplex you are probably managing that yourself you need to be prepared to manage that conflict that's probably one of the downsides there be very choosy be very picky with your screening criteria and who you put into those two sides of that duplex obviously as you get into a multifamily, uh, true apartment complexes communities you'll have this issue as well but the nice thing and this is where economies of scale come into play right as you get into more units you can actually have staff on board you have leasing agents you have managers on site they deal with that you don't have to do it and if you're a passive investor obviously your hands off anyhow you just sit around waiting for your mailbox money nothing to do there but but keep that tenant uh, what I call tenant conflict keep that in the back of your head and finally disposition right right now I would say any of these asset classes are gonna move fairly quickly single-family multi-family or the in-between those duplexes triplexes and quads now generally you know single family is gonna have a bigger pool of buyers you can sell to investors as well as owner occupants right so that that gives you that bigger pool uh, with those duplexes to quads, you know, you're going to be a little bit more limited. You might get the occasional owner-occupant that might want to buy half a duplex, or maybe they want to buy half and rent out the other half. Uh, I don't know about that, but thinking about that tenant conflict issue, but um, you're going to have a more limited pool. And then with multifamily, obviously, um, you're, you're going to be selling to other other investors without, without question. Um, but those are the primary things I wanted to hit today was how, how are these things valued? You know, why do you want to buy? What are your goals? Is it cash flow? Is it wealth building? They, they are different, right? We talked about how multifamily is valued based on the cash flow and how there are 28 different levers that you can pull 
that you can pull to to increase that revenue and decrease those expenses and drive more NOI, net operating income, to the bottom line, which is the determinant of that value, right? Um, if you missed the earlier part of the show, you can go to lifestylesunlimited.com and, and click on the radio tab. These are uh, these are archived there. We talked about financing. There are definite differences there. We talked about property management, you know, occupancy and vacancy, I think, being the key things, uh, maybe a little bit around, um, you know, potential tenant conflict that, that you as a manager, if you self-manage, may have to deal with. But uh, two, two great, just great asset classes. Again, like I said, we don't get into Airbnb. We don't get into VRBO or vacant land. You know, these things aren't doing what we want them to do. They're not giving us cash flow. They're not, um, you know, vacant land anyhow. They're, they're, they're not valued the way we want them to be, like with multifamily where we can really create that wealth. So keep it simple. Plain vanilla, single family houses and multifamily. That is, that's the way to go. That's the way to go. And again, back to the common questions I get. One is, which of those should I buy? That's going to come down to your goals. The other common questions are, well, where do I start? How do I start? Well, I'll tell you where you start. You get educated first and foremost. Learn more. We, we've just touched the tip of the iceberg today uh, with some of these topics. You can get into a lot more detail. There are other facets that you'll that you'll want to get involved with that you'll want to learn so get educated you know a lot of those fear probing questions that i mentioned at the start those are going to be resolved with proper education properly educated people are going to be able to move fast they're going to see a deal they're going to know it's a deal and they're going to know how to pick it up and how to strike while the rest of the people are out there just kind of treading water and i don't know i think it looks okay maybe maybe not so get educated education simply put it, it means greater confidence and find a mentor don't don't reinvent the wheel don't learn by failing. You know, it's a common myth in our society today. You'll get there faster with a mentor. Um, let me give you a quick tip. If you go check out freeworkshoplivestream.com, you can learn more about Lifestyles Unlimited. It's an hour and a half program. Uh, we have those coming up uh, in the end of July, midday, in the evenings, early evening, and so on. Um, learn more about investing in single family and in multifamily um, and choose your path. Choose your path. That's all you have to do. Go to freeworkshoplivestream.com. This is Andy Webb. You've been listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I thank you for listening. And remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. You have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Join us next time. And until then, remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle.
The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.